0: It's very interesting. I can edit something that's static, you know, something not moving. Uh, anything, whether it's audio, you know, music or whatever, uh, I or video, I I don't have the temperament for it. Do you dig me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it. If it's still, I could deal with it, and I'll edit for hours. But the moving stuff, there's something in my uh, wiring that does not dig. Does not dig it. I've, like I say, I've got a, I got a brand new GoPro which I have not taken out. Really? Because I don't want to edit the video. I'm going <laughs> to because the weather's better. But it's it all has to do with like, okay, I'm going to get this video and I know uh, it, because uh, I don't know about you, but. Uh, if i get into it i'm gonna have to get into it yeah, you know what sure. i mean yeah, yeah. it's like oh, okay i'm going to get into this and i'm just now i got to tell you i just got a new slr so i've been having fun with high resolution photography and mixing it into my art because uh, kind of evolving into something different you know what i mean a more original uh, yeah. and it, dude is so i'm having so much fun so how much so, did that set um, you
1: back in america cuz we pay me? more for everything how much did the camera set you back
0: uh, you know what, dude? I am a uh, part of my marketing sales gig is I'm a Nikon and a Canon dealer, so I oh. often get things for free. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> you feel that's me? Really good. So most of most technology products I get for free. Sometimes I get them for a month. Sometimes I get them forever. And uh, and then, quite honest, if I'm talking about it, you dig me. If I'm talking to whatever someone who is considering anything about photography, I, I can now speak intimately you dig me yeah um and it's like and not just from a hey i'm a sales guy it's like whoa I here's some samples product. of what i yeah I, I and or if i'm talking about it i think i cannot because i'm not a bullshitter i've never lied in business or whatever and so if like okay it's an icon product hey if i could use it and then i could use it for my personal art because i'm all about getting the company i work for to pay for everything i do artistically you oh, feel me yeah they pay for my computers they're you know so printers, you access. into your job Oh bro hundred percent they pay for it It's like uh, straight out of the fight club where <laughs> you know uh, Edward Norton got the company to subsidize his revolution yeah. it's it, I, I did it I got to raise my son from home, do my hobbies, still make a decent living uh now I can support my wife and my son and still do my hobbies and they pay for the computers I use, even the you know what I mean, feel me yeah, they pay for awesome. it. it but I don't necessarily want to we'll see how the conversation evolves because that that could sound very uh. You know, I don't want to upset people, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> you know, um, if you feel me. And, and I don't introduce... want to talk, if there's a, if there's a, if one thing I won't talk about, if there's any like because there's a, I get occasional critics on Twitter. Yeah. Um, I don't acknowledge them. You oh. feel me? Because I don't. So don't bring them up if you don't mind. Okay. I don't want to give them any attention. Yeah, I, I know don't know. them. So. They, good. Good. <laughs> and I don't I, I, I block people because you haven't acknowledged them. <laughs> I don't – exactly, and if it comes up in I – I won't – yeah, that's the one thing. It's like I'm not going to give them any attention or heat because I don't know what they're saying because the moment they say something bad about me or my wife or Joey Diaz, um, I just block them and it's end. Yeah, you know? really. That's and,
1: the way to do it, isn't it? You just block. The block buttons. the number one thing.
0: Well, in the little – scam, uh, not the scamps, but the people – the guys who are trying to o- operate what they think in my best interest have to report back to me. Hey, did you hear it? I'm like, bro, there's a reason why I blocked it because – it's like a channel I turned off. Yeah. It's over, and then I move forward. I will never look back at someone's page if if they're mean or they've been hateful. Uh, at, uh, all right, bro, we better talk. So yeah, why don't I'll, just um, introduce you, man. So old.
1: yeah, we're on the Argument Podcast, episode forty. Um, you just heard him now, Water Boxer. You can find him on Twitter at Water Boxer or one word, and he's just a cool dude from the South of Cali. He does some stand up paddleboard. He's a fan of art. Um, I guess he is somewhat of a community leader online, and he's involved in a heap of cool podcasts over there that we want to find out about today. So Waterboxer, what's going on,
0: man? Hey, it's a pleasure to be on, Travis, on your show. What's your show called, Travis? The Argument Podcast. That's right, the Argument Podcast. It's it's a pleasure to be on. We've tried to get together and uh, connect. And (laughs) due to time zones, uh, because – you know, my, all my friends on Twitter, uh, that I connect with are international from all over the world. So, uh, whether it's Europe or, you know, uh, you know, or Australia or, you know, the Philippines or Canada or parts of Latin America. So connecting on time zones is, uh, something we have to consider, you know? Uh, so we managed to connect. It's a, it's a Saturday at noon, your time, and it's a Friday evening in Los Angeles. And, uh, And it's a it's a beautiful day, you know. I hope you're having a good day too.
1: Awesome, dude. Um, so let's just start off with some
0: stand-up paddleboarding. At a surf already, Uh, you can then translate those skills used in like SUP racing or SUP cruising. People do on lakes or what have you, or any body of water, you could translate those skills into surfing your paddleboard of course there's different kinds of different classes you know it uh, yeah it is i will tell you as it is the largest growing surf sport uh in the surf business okay uh the great thing is everyone can do it i don't care your level of fitness if you've got a body of water near you you can do at least the stand-up what i call just stand-up transporting which is just standing up feet side by side paddling great for fitness you're enjoying the water um, it's wonderful. Uh, if you develop the skills and you put in the time, cause I think that's necessary. There's a variety of muscles and, uh, uh, uh that need to be developed to mm-hmm. be any good. Certainly before you go to a surf area. Okay. Because, uh, folks have to know and respect uh, there is a hierarchy and there are certain politics that have, exist in surf culture. You feel me? Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm going to tell anybody out there who's only put in a couple years on a stand-up board that doesn't have a surf background, don't go to a surf area, all right? When there are people there, go alone. Go alone and and eventually earn respect in the surf lineup, all right? Because there's a lot of stuff to learn, how to turn, how to have complete control of your board and – I really don't think that's going to come to someone, maybe in their first year. You know, I, I'd say don't go in the lineup because, but maybe go out with me or a good friend. Go on a mellow day on a weekday when no one's there, when the waves are small. There's uh, and learn some control, and because you got to learn respect, because you could harm somebody. Yeah,
1: that's it's the true. thing
0: people have to realize. You lose control of your board, it's like a boss. Uh, <laughs> and there <laughs> and there's a certain order, and also too, most prone surfers don't dig sup surfers and for many reasons uh one because there's a lot of kooks that come in and just uh barge in to a surf area and don't understand uh first the food chain or the pecking order or the order of when you get your term to ride a wave and there's a lot of stuff there that one has to learn um yeah. But uh, but no, doing it for fitness, super fun. And then, uh, you know, and hey, you can surf one or two. Today I went out and surfed one and two foot shore break, wa- shore break waves, had a blast, you know, just took a 45 minute break from the office because yep. uh, I work from home, zipped down there. I, I live two blocks from the beach, zipped out, just got wet, had a couple fun falls, uh, you know, have a couple fun little rides and, uh, and hey, I've got a killer workout because you, you've got to propel yourself. You've got to really dig in and paddle that board, and you're also continually balancing. So uh, it, there is so much to do, like I say, and I, I will tell people just beginning who maybe have concerns um, with no ocean experience or water experience. That's cool because I think everyone should get in there, and SUP will allow you to. Now, understand what I'm distinguishing between – The surfing aspect and just the propelling, Mm -hmm. right? Everyone Everyone within five minutes, anyone in fairly good condition with average balance can stand up within five minutes and propel themselves and get that feel and start to feel the kind of pulse of the ocean, you know, and that heightened awareness because when you're standing and just propelling yourself, you have to balance, you have to time your paddling. And you have to feel the elements all together, which is the water and the wind all working together. And uh, and there, and there's a and, and it's very easy to tap into this harmonious flow, and also get an excellent workout and not harm your joints. You feel me? Yeah. You could work everything. I mean, I I don't go to a weightlifting gym. You feel me? I mean, I, I do that. I you do a little resistance stuff. I, I do something called an Indo board, which is they're on they're on uh, Twitter. I really like them. It's a little balance board, and the, <clears throat> when it's cold or I can't do any balance stuff like on a board, uh, I do that too, just to keep it interesting. But uh, yeah, but it—I it, uh, will say, it, starting stand-up paddleboarding as far as purchasing a board is usually a huge financial investment.
1: Yeah, they're expensive.
0: So, what I would are say they, like, rent
1: fifteen hundred or something.
0: Yeah, right now. But if anyone's going to buy, uh, most are manufactured in mainland china mm-hmm. so you can get get them cheap i would say buy them used or rent you know if you've rented for a summer you know you've put in 15 or 20 hours and you've got a vehicle where you can transport it because they're not light and purchase it's very important you get something with the specifications that fit your body and your level of uh or your skill level there's so there's a lot of things to consider but everyone should just try renting it and anyone considering a business in your area who is not doing it not such a bad business, if you know what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah,
1: there's a few people who have already latched onto that pretty hard here. Like, they do it down at the lakes, that are like the um, lagoons. Perfect. And then, yeah, it's easy Perfect. enough just to cruise out to the surf if you want to. But I've had a heap of bad experiences with, as you said, people that aren't experienced, and they come in, wow. and they, you know, they go straight to the first part of the lineup and sit
0: there. <laughs> and folks who don't understand surf surfing, um, uh, when you're prone surfing, uh, you're lower and you're Uh, stand-up surfing as well
1: like it's you can't see the sets coming in and you've got also another five meters at least that you
0: can paddle into the wave on precisely you have every advantage so Mm. personally i don't even go to where the pro surfers go and if they're out big i'll give it to them man because i can go out on days when it's one two or three and be totally have a good time have 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 a great time yeah. have a great time and uh and uh i only wish i had a telephoto lens on my nikon so my wife can capture some better photos uh, when i go further out so uh but no i can have a lot of fun and i respect them and you know what i uh, i've been going to the same beach in this community for about 3 years so i, I my, visually i'm re- kind of um recognized yeah. you know and i've been very respectful for the locals for the first year i uh just under I was respectful and you have to be people have to understand that they have to understand people have been surfing certain areas for 20 30 50 years you move into a new area you should be humble um and cool and respectful and and uh I earnest and have skill. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> show up with skill and show up every day. It's the yeah. guys who show up 200 days a year. After a while, they figure you out. They know if you're cool enough, you know, and they know if you're or cool, at least you're not a jerk. Or if you're someone who's there, uh, not just to, Hey, look how cool I look with the new, my new paddleboard on the new, you know, this goes along with my Prius and my other, you know, modern accessories. Right. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, it, uh, more and that, that's, People who don't know that don't understand that. And they probably think that that means people are jerks. And it's like, no, it's a place where they've lived and they've probably loved that area. That's what people have to understand. Mm,
1: but then in Australia, you just get your bogans that just are looking for a fight. <clears throat> it's... I, I, you
0: know <laughs> what? You, you, you can, you know what? I feel you and it happens. And uh, again, I just avoid, bro, I, I avoid confrontation. And again, um, and people shouldn't it's easier just to just avoid it. Yeah. And some, some, there are a lot of young guys who are aggressive. Uh, yeah. And... But there's also
1: older guys. I remember when I was younger on a bodyboard and um getting like fin chopped a few times on purpose because I was on a bodyboard. Like there's plenty of uh, assholes in the water. Everyone seems to think that, you know, like you're a cool dude, like you're relaxed. You can tell that you're in harmony with something, but there's plenty of dudes out there that are just angry pricks and they've just done it their whole life. It's just their hobby, but you know, they're still assholes. Oh
0: oh bro i bro uh you know what some guys are still angry uh and, and it's i feel you some guys you know come back and say oh i'm in so harmony with nature but then they get on the phone right after they've surfed and they start screaming at their ex-wife about the child custody or the alimony i'm like well i don't know if you're totally chilled out but and uh and uh, yeah and hey some I, I there's one surf area here where i i talked to an older cat who runs a it, I would almost call it an antique shop, but it's not. It's kind of a large-scale thrift shop of very unique items, right? He's mm-hmm. uh, um, guy in his 70s. We were talking about local culture, and um, he was saying, yeah, I was at this other surf spot. I'm not going to mention it, but he says, yeah. He, he said, and his friend, who's a guy in his 60s, said every, every single guy in the water uh, – was a felon. <laughs> you see know what I mean? <laughs> because there, because there are certain kinds of tattoos that you can have on your face and neck that uh, probably indicate that you're, you know, you know. Uh, anyways, but it's kind of funny. It, yeah. uh, and you're gonna get like that. You're gonna right. So. Like oh, you know people. where I live? Correct. Where I live is is legitimately the real Dogtown because the current quote Dogtown is full of way upper middle class yuppies. The property yeah, values are need. very expensive. Mm. Little pocket of Venice, and Venice, everyone, oh, let's go to Venice. Venice, I stay away from Venice, and I grew up in Venice, okay? Um, it's a tourist thing, mm-hmm. you know? It's, it's a tourist trap on the weekends. You don't want to deal with the traffic. Uh, um, but, yeah, where I live, it's kind of untouched. So it's a nice mixture of hot rods, skate culture, and r- real culture. It's a little grittier, you know? But, uh, but there is, uh, like... Real, there is a real culture here that is not has not been trendified, has not been uh, a, um, it's not been taken by anyone in Hollywood and made into anything yet. And yeah. they haven't moved into our neighborhood, if you feel me. Yeah, they sure. don't know that there's this classic groovy neighborhood that exists where we got a beach. That's the the again, the folks that I don't know what you want to call them, the hipsters or whatever, yeah, uh, they have not turned this, they have not turned this, oh, they're yeah. still uh, which is. Which makes it cool. So, uh, it, uh, and that's why we live here too, for okay, that very cool. reason.
1: Uh, so, dude, um, this, let's, wait, let's skip over to Kill Tony. And by the way, I'm not sure how much of this, um, I just realized this Skype recorder is stopping every five minutes. And so I had a bit of a panic while you were talking a little while ago because it stopped. So, I think we've missed a few minutes of audio. I'm sorry about that. But um, let's oh. skip over to Kill Tony. Because that reminds me of these cool little communities that haven't been breached yet. Um, What's the deal with that? How the hell did you get involved with that? And Actually, just maybe explain it for the listeners. They probably haven't even listened to it or watched it. Um, Yeah, what's the deal with Kill Tony?
0: Well, Kill Tony is a live show slash podcast. And it is a – what it is is in some ways it's a variety show. It allows up-and-coming comedians – To have one minute before three established killer comedians and have their act evaluated. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, I um, had seen Tony around perform. I had heard Tony on um, Joe Rogan's podcast.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. I happened to be at a Joey Diaz show. Because I support the church, what's happening now, big time. I like I support all my friends' podcasts, uh, like Talk to Cleo and Don't Fake the Funk, and so on and so forth. But uh, I saw Tony there. He was gonna. He was doing Joe's Show, which was after Joey. And um, uh, I was just chilling, talking to um, Joey and Lisa, and my wife, and uh, and I said, "Dude, I uh, you know heard you on Joe, and I've seen your act." And, and I will tell you, I've seen a lot of comedy in my day. I've been lucky enough to grow up and live in Los Angeles. I got a fake ID at an early age, and I used to, because you have to be 21 to get in the comedy store, Mm -hmm. because they serve alcohol. So I had a fake ID at 17, so I was able to sneak into there as well as other music clubs uh, when I was younger, and saw like a young Jim Carrey, things like that. So I've seen a lot of comedy in my day, yeah. and listen to a lot through podcasts and records and stuff. Uh, I mean, going back in the day. And I think vinyl is coming back as far as those who are comedy fans, as far as listening. I, I want to see every new comedian putting their next special out on vinyl. And Joey, what Diaz, of that, do you think? Is that
1: for the collection, the sound, or what's the...
0: Or? Uh, for the sound, For there's a market there amongst young people, amongst mm-hmm. aficionados, amongst people who like quote Americana. An you know, product? You know, like a tangible product. You know, my early experience with comedy uh actually goes back to me being a young, young lad, uh, let's just say the early nineteen seventies, uh, coming across uh first um Bill Cosby's uh record that had the chicken heart on it and this go-kart race amazing big record i think he's on a go-kart on a kid's go-kart right mm-hmm. and then from there uh george carlin and listening in secret where my parents could hear george carlin and later cheech and chong on these big vinyl discs so i have kind of that kind of attachment to that as well as other music al- albums and uh and i also uh, my son who's a pretty well-rounded uh college student uh, when I went up to visit him recently, he has no CDs in his apartment. He he with his extra money that we give him uh, he goes out and buys vinyl, new vinyl he's got a record player and he's reflective of the market and I think in, uh, so so yeah I actually think in all the comics can um, uh, I think they can make some money in that market. I think it's a tangible product because with the digital download people don't really buy their CDs they really don't I wouldn't I don't. It, I'm going to acquire it one way or another. Um, uh, that being said, uh, that can be done. Joey Diaz is doing a 200 record release with our friend uh, Joe Kenyon over at World of Rock Records, and uh, I'll be doing a little bit of artwork for that. And I want that to happen. So, so Tony. So I've I've been around a lot of comedy. Listen to a lot of comedy. Uh, mm-hmm. I mentioned to Tony at that uh, that uh, comedy show I saw him at. Um, you really got to do podcast, man. And he says, I'm working on something. Don't worry. You just stand by. So three months later, kill Tony drops. Right. And I start listening very early. I've, again, I've seen a lot of comedians. Tony Hinchcliffe is going to be like a, and I've told him this to, to his face, kind of a Daniel Tosh and a Anthony Jezelnik for a younger generation. Right. Mm-hmm. He, uh, he's very talented. He's got a, he's got a distinct face and look. Yeah. Right. Um, and so I recognized that early and I listened to the show early and, voice. and uh, correct voice and, um, and he's going to go. Places. I've never we seen his style know,
1: though. What's his comedy style like?
0: Uh, very intelligent. Okay. And, um, I will tell you, you know, one thing he does very interesting. He, uh, I've seen him perform many times, uh, uh, most recently at the comedy store on a couple of weekends, not just the Kill Tony show. Mm-hmm. Cause that's different. He doesn't yeah. perform. Uh, I'll see him. He will do something openly. He will uh, almost be braggadocious and throw out to the audience of – and this is a weekend at the Comedy Store isn't hardcore comedy fans. You feel me? These are tourists that are in Los Angeles <laughs> typically, right, mm-hmm. from, from anywhere in the world but often small parts of California. They're not, they're not prepared for what they're going to see at a comedy show. You know what I mean? It uh, so that's the kind of audience he faces. So he'll do something where he'll throw in the crowd's face, "Hey, I'm right for Jeffrey Ross. I write for the Burn. I'm so good. I'm so good. I have this. I have that. I live large, right? Yeah. Now that you hate me. Now that you hate me, I'm going to win you over with some jokes." And it that's a certain level of confidence that uh, a few can do. So he's so
1: confident it, it, in his in his bits that he'll insult like make the crowd hate him and then
0: work through that back he has done that and i've seen him do that he'll basically dig himself a hole to bury to to, uh to dig himself out and so he can do that and that's a certain level of uh of comedian and he also has a quick wit you'll see that reflected on the kill tony show where Mm -hmm. these new comics come he'll have I mean, he'll come up with a quick one lighter. Now, anyone who's ever seen the Comedy Central roasts, uh, many of those lines that are written have been written by Tony Hinchcliffe. He um, he should tour Australia. Quite honest, it, it, I think it. Uh, he's someone to see before he's too big. Yeah, um, cool. So once people get too big, mm, change. Um, it well, no, they don't change, but the audience is a drag. Yeah, you feel me? Yeah, okay, yeah. It's it. Uh, and I point Chappelle. Uh, uh, the Connecticut thing, where yeah. you have all these, no- yeah, that, that I saw that, and that was just a a group of unsophisticated stand-up comedy fans at a large venue, which is very hard for any comedian to be at a large large venue, and he, you know, and he as the performer, he 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 said, okay, you know, uh, he, he gave him anyways, yeah. So that can be difficult. Is is the audience changing? Mm-hmm. Some people like. Uh, like even Adam Carolla, who has a great podcast, I don't go to his live shows because his audience isn't my audience. Okay, you feel me? So it's bigger. His shows are more expensive, and he, uh, and often it's a lot of super square cats. Yeah. So, uh, so, uh, so uh, to tie that back in, so uh, early on, I I recognize that I told I like Tony No, You know what I mean? Just yep. because I have access here, and in my free time, I see comedy because it's an art form I really dig, um, and you know I see. You know, probably two or three shows a month. Uh, yeah, that's insane. Um, You're in such a good position. And, and, and it really, in Los Angeles, it doesn't cost very much. No, other that's than so good. It, 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 uh, you know what we get um, here?
1: This is our setup if, when we get comedians over. Um, this is actually one of the reasons why I was pissed off at Dom on the recent Kill Tony. We'll, get, we'll pay 25 bucks, which isn't much, but we'll pay 25 bucks for about 45 minutes of comedy. And then that's it. It's like, go do your own thing. Like, what if you want, like, you know, what if you want some more? I've always thought that comedy is, you go in and you see, like, you know, um, a guy do a five minute set, and you see another guy do another five minute, Then you might see ten minutes, ten minutes, twenty minutes, and then a forty minute set. Like, I thought, it would, you know, an event. <laughs> but it's not here. As you should. Yeah. Really, it's not really. Like that's that. that's
0: really even like Tom Rhodes. I imagine Tom Rhodes, would you would at least get a. He would give you forty minutes, and then you'd see. Uh you you see an opener mm-hmm. and a feature. You know, that the, the typical package is the at least in in America, um, in the United States, is uh if you're outside of Los Angeles, if you're gonna see you're gonna pay to see a comic, you're gonna see the headliner, the feature, who's gonna be maybe the person they take with them, and then the opener who's probably gonna be the local guy, wherever whatever venue or city they're in. Mm-hmm. That's typically what you're, you're gonna get three. Now I'll tell you, you go to the comedy store. On a Saturday night, for uh, very little money. Okay, you got to buy two drinks, and maybe it's five or ten bucks to get in. But you get a drink. You, you, it's,
1: it's not like you're you, not getting anything for the
0: money. Yeah. Like, uh, sorry. Oh no, 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 you actually have to buy two drinks. Yeah, that's cool. Like it, I don't know it, if I'm power. buying drinks. Yeah. Yeah. So, so whatever. So, but let's just say for less than forty bucks, you know, less than thirty bucks, usually for one person. Because mm-hmm. I, uh, uh, you'll see maybe seven killer comics yeah you know crazy. you in a row boom 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 i boom, mean boom. i mean uh in so jealous man it's, fuck. like in, on one saturday night came in late we had some friends in from out of town and um heidi from arizona and uh we went on a saturday and we saw tony brody ari shafir steve simone um oh god so many yeah and had a great time had a great time, and the comics are very cool, and they're all real people. They're artists, and uh, and Kill Tony's show. So I became connected, and uh, because I like to do funny pictures, right, I started – uh, when I listened to the podcasts, of whether my friends, whether it's, again, Cleo or whomever, or – but I've always done these for Eddie Bravo Radio. The church was – I've done these kind of slides, and when his show started happening, I started to do pictures just to kind of uh, give a visual representation of – uh, how i liked the show and um what it made me feel like if, if you feel me mm-hmm. and uh, and after maybe a few episodes i went to the show and uh and just you know say That's you cool, know by it, the way it, you say so what you went on eddie bravo radio oh i did that later too but yeah and, and uh but i will tell you all these like you know or like even kill tony or eddie, eddie yeah. bravo radio whatever these folks have been super cool to me because i i i will tell you just because of Communicating, actually, I, I use visual representations and words to like let them know, hey, I dig what you're doing, or this is how it made me feel, right? Yeah. And because of that, I think I've connected. So when I, I, you know, when I first time I saw Kill Tony, I got to Tony was like, oh, you're water boxer, boom, and then we got to. You kind of develop a uh, kind of camaraderie of some sort, and um, and I've done lots of pictures for him. I go to the show; he treats me very well, treats my wife very well. Uh, we were kind enough to we're not kind enough. We we had the opportunity to donate a sword to Kill Tony. Um, yeah, I noticed that because because <laughs> Tony had Do
1: you uh, call that a daze. Is that what you call
0: it? Uh, <laughs> I I you know I've, you know what we had a lot of swords, but this particular sword nice. was very nice. Yeah. And, yeah, we 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 presented it to him because uh, <clears throat> Tony uh, called in to the 24-hour podcast to raise money for our friend Yuck Nasty, whose home was burned down in a fire. And Yuck Nasty is a single dad, and so was I most of my life. So, uh, uh, got uh, Tony was kind enough, you know what I mean, to help us. And you know, we did that little thing. So, no, it show's really good, and I communicate with. Like through that and uh, and I'm going to be doing more. Now that I've got a, a new camera, I'm going to be taking more original photos of him and the whole Kill Tony crew um, and be incorporating them into some new art in the future for the show and future promotions and stuff. And uh, I have a great time doing it. Um, it's really nice. Uh, I, I think it's interesting. When you communicate with artists through art you're or any human through art, you're talking to a different part of the brain if you feel me. Yeah. Um, and it uh, doesn't always have to be good. I'm, you know, it's like, I, I trust me, I'm no artist. I'm just a, I'm just a, I like to have fun with pictures. Um, and it's, it's fun to communicate. Um, but yeah, but through that, so I've gotten to know these cats and, uh, and they've gotten to know my voice and they know, uh, I, I, I you know what, I treat people like people. I don't care, you know, girl, you know, so I'm, and they're very cool folks. Uh, Eddie Bravo radio, man. Uh, they were kind enough to, um, Invite me to, to show, two of their shows to kind of sit in, one mm-hmm. with Mad Flavor, another another one with my friend Marcus Tilius, who's a writer, martial artist and writer. Um, and even – let me tell you, they hooked me up with uh, Metamoris, which was that big competition yeah. between – So
1: explain that uh, recently, what happened with that because we've got – most of my listeners won't know what that is.
0: Sure, sure. It uh, Now, anyone who uh, – listening, if you listen to podcasts, Eddie Bravo Radio is a podcast that uh, Eddie Bravo – who you may not know, let's just say he is a friend of Joe, Joe Rogan. If you, if you listen to this past, cast, you may know Joe Rogan. Uh, Eddie Bravo is kind of a genius of jiu jitsu who's kind of created his own style and own system called the 10th Planet uh, Jiu Jitsu System. All right. Um, uh, he has his own podcast. He's well known. He's, uh, he's I would say, look him up. But uh, nevertheless,
1: uh,
0: yes, please. Yes. Uh, uh, two weekends ago, um, there was a competition. And this was a professional jiu-jitsu match between uh, Eddie Bravo and uh, uh, Hoyle Gracie. And um, this was a rematch of of something that took place in Brazil, I think, 11 years ago, where Eddie Bravo, as a young black belt, uh, defeated him. So, And in the jiu-jitsu world, uh, that was a big deal. And this rematch was a big deal. And both these gentlemen—Eddie is 43 and Hoyle Gracie is now 48— uh, they went at it, and in a 20-minute jujitsu batch match uh, amongst a room of only 200 people at the la- – I will tell you, I got a call from my friend at Abu Dhabi at Eddie Bravo Radio saying, hey, get in your car. We got a ticket for you. There were only 200 people allowed in here, right? It took place at the Peterson Auto Museum in Los Angeles. Now, this is the place where Biggie was shot. Really? Feel me? Uh, oh, Yeah. This is history. So I'm like, oh, geez. Now, the Peterson Auto Museum has all these classic cars. And yeah. when Biggie released his final album, that's where they had the release party. Okay. Right? Cool. Going, going back, back to Cali, Cali, <laughs> right? Uh, he was shot right outside this place. Okay. So, heavy. yeah. So I go in there and dig this. Um, I, I get there, and there's a um, little bit of a security check, but not really nothing big. And, uh, um, and I see my friend Rabu Dhabi with Brian Callen, right? Now, as I'm walking in, Tommy Lee from Motley Crue, everyone knows, you know, mm-hmm. rock star guy. <laughs> what do you say that? He's like – he's kind of well-known, but in the real world. But in this world, it, it's kind of an inverse period of, pyramid of fame, right? You know, the martial arts guys are, in, are, are, uh, <laughs> are the heroes, right, or the famous people. So he's got to wait by security, and my friend Rabu Dhabi is sta- standing there with Brian Callen. He says, hey, water boxer. Boom. Had to walk by, well, Tommy gets detained, right? For a second, you know what I mean? To see Dizzy, because there's only so many tickets here, right? Yeah. And um, and uh, so boom, it's like, oh, how cool, man. And then I go in and I'm standing, say, 15 feet away from the mat where this is occurring, right next to like Tate Fletcher, Joe Rogan. Um, I don't want to get the list of everybody, but Ricky Rocket from the band. Poison, who's yeah. <laughs> also a Jiu-Jitsu black belt, people have to realize, right. so he's also a trained killer, um, as well as a room full of just... Uh, so
1: everyone great... who's anyone who's in the martial arts community was there at this Metamorphosis. Yes. And so they're watching was... two different styles go down, which is Eddie Bravo's new style, which is more like an MMA style of Jiu-Jitsu, one without needing the gi. Would that be correct?
0: Well, no, both are in no gi. They're, they're using... Eddie has... Different technique. You see, the Gracie system we have to realize is a standardized system, mm-hmm. okay? That is supposed to work for any body type and does not require. I don't want to get into all the technical things. Doesn't you know? Doesn't require anybody using proper technique can defeat an opponent. Yeah. Uh, Eddie system uses a lot of uh, a lot of his flexibility and a lot of different perspective that takes their classical look. It's Cause he's look very creative. His... Eddie isn't he so. Oh, yeah, and look at it like what Eddie did was take a classical method, and we could think of you know, uh, imagine what the Beatles did with Beethoven. Yeah, does that make sense? Yeah, Eddie is kind of that, and he is kind of a messiah and a revolutionary. And amongst classical martial artists, he, uh, particularly classical, gracie jiu jitsu folks, he in some, he's a heretic to some, <laughs> to you know, to many people, he's kind of what Bruce Lee was to the Chinese community, when he wanted to step outside the the classical Kung Fu form, and he wanted to explore boxing, Mm -hmm. wrestling, weightlifting, and considered all this, and also teaching Westerners, you know, uh, the Chinese systems. So, to some people, Eddie can be viewed like that, you know, um, as someone challenging the classical motif, the established order, Mm. and say, I'm going to go. And Eddie's also, people have to realize, Eddie, if you look at his profile, uh, he puts first musician, because Eddie is a frigging rock and roller, right? A he loves music. Eddie a, a he radio, you know what it recurs? It recurs in, in his practice studio. Surrounded by guitars. Okay, cool. Guitars. He loves music. He loves music probably more than jujitsu.
1: Really?
0: He's he's just gifted with this certain insight and ability in jujitsu. But uh probably if he if he had a oh. Dude,
1: to, we'd that kill d- I know so many people that would kill for a tenth planet here in Sydney. There's one in Melbourne, but for one in Sydney, if anyone's listening, open uh, one up.
0: And people should know, and I've touched base with uh, my friends at A Bravo Radio, that he does do a seminar in Australia once a year. Yeah, I've uh,
1: seen a few. Oh, my mate goes sometimes. I, seminar? It's just that's only like an hour, but they'd
0: really like to learn the style. To start a temple first, there's a there's a, for for less than five dollars American, you can get a video program called Mastering the System. Anybody can get it. It's a great way to accommodate yourself or familiarize yourself with what it is. Uh, and you can, if you have a mate or a practice uh, friend, a friend mm-hmm. to practice with, you can uh, get a start on it. Uh, to get a school started there, what it would require is a a 10th Planet black belt that ha- that perhaps is Australian or from from you know your hemisphere mm-hmm. or falls in love with a woman from there to want to come there and have the demand <laughs> teach there. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and many of the 10th Planet schools aren't self-standing schools like 10th planet hq is in the tap out gym in downtown la so there are ways to make it happen and i would love to see you know and I, again well there's one I, in I,
1: melbourne i don't know why like melbourne's a little bit more culturally different than sydney i'd love to know. see one in sydney though
0: i hey, if there's enough you know if there, uh, uh, there's a black belt in melbourne that wants to go out there and start a school and there's enough demand where it can – it has to make sense financially too. Yeah,
1: but there is – it's weird because my mate was saying that he was at class the other day and um, he's – because we're only the Gracie gyms here. All the Gracie dudes were all saying what a dickhead Eddie Bravo is and that he didn't pass guard. All this type of – not pass guard. All the – whatever the point system is, they were all ripping on him and he was just thinking, yeah, you guys are really just fucking weirdos. Like you're brainwashed
0: by this one style. Oh. You know, a dogma, yeah. no matter where yeah. you see it, <clears throat> hey, exactly. political dogma, any sort of dogma, religious dogma, martial arts dogma, surfing dogma. Mm-hmm. You feel me? It's like, hey, the way I SUP surf is like no one, the way no one else does it because mm-hmm. I don't follow their dogma. I develop – you know what I mean? I'll, yeah. I'll do my own style and do it my own way, and uh, I don't care. You know? Because It, it, it sure doesn't look goofy yeah yeah and i 'll do it that works with my body, and you know i 'll do it, but yeah, but i 'll break the classical and because a lot of guys say, oh why don't you do it I'm like uh, okay bro i 'll do it my way, you know perhaps i 'll stick with my way, and in the end, you know i 'll be happy with my results uh, yeah so eddie 's a rebel and he's uh and the the again i don't don 't want to criticize the Gracies because hey, spe- you know who was there? you know who I saw? Hoist Gracie was uh-huh. six feet away from me as it was over, walking by me. I see a lot of like people who have been in the movies or comedy stars or whatever. I'm I'm not very affected seeing him. I wasn't affected, but it was I was like, "Whoa, I've seen that face since 1992 in the first UFC." Mm. That's pretty badass, man.
1: <laughs> you know. With more badass than Tommy Lee and shit with just standing around, oh, but there you go. Different the respect inverse respect pyramid of pain. Yeah.
0: He got in. He got in. He got in, <laughs> and he was cool, but it was very interesting. I was talking to uh, a lot. Some of Eddie's students that I'm familiar with, I know their faces, and they know my face from seeing me at different things. And uh, um, he, he wanted to be part of that conversation we were in, if you feel me. I was looking at it, and I don't I, – I actually – in the 90s, I know Tommy from – he used to work at a Malibu gym with uh, – when he was married to Heather Locklear mm-hmm. or Heather – Whatever her name is. You know, know what I mean?
1: I was yeah, you I know, was a
0: child. You, yeah. There was a blonde. There was a blonde. She did Baywatch. Uh a guy Pamela Anderson. Oh, Pamela Anderson, Anderson. yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's uh but let me tell you, dude. Okay, uh she back in the day, her without makeup was so she is so cute without makeup. Yeah. When she's just a normal You're surfer girl. She's beautiful. It, it all that stuff it's funny because i saw I still her right like, now
1: oh. i watched her like mtv Crib thing and she was cool as fuck she was so cool oh. she was just showing well, she, like, she seemed really nice
0: where she looked so cool was with nothing yeah. where she looked natural beauty like coming mm-hmm. out of the gym not with any makeup on she, she did hair sex tape with him hey oh she did this yeah. was that era this I mean, was that time i have to look dude. that up so i kind of knew him from this malibu gym i used to have this uh Personal training business back at that period of time, mm-hmm. right there, right? So, um, so I used to see him regularly. So I wasn't sure if he recognized me, but it's been many years. So I don't want to say anything like, uh, like, uh, but she was, I will tell you this, and you know, forget makeup and filters or everything. Yeah. Uh, There's Photoshop and filters, we can, you know, do everything. But seeing her back, let's just say in like 92, 93, um, no makeup, just, a, a, a proportional physique, you know. Mm-hmm. Good face. She looked good. She looked good. You know, it's like uh, yeah. it's a shame she put on all the face. because <laughs> <with laughs> all the all that fell stuff, all that glammed up, uh, you know, stripper look. That girl didn't even need it though. You no. know, clothes.
1: Yeah. That's interesting. That gl- um, because she looks way different to how she did when she was younger. I'm gonna look her up. Pamela Anderson. Yeah. yeah, she's gorgeous, man. He's had sex with like a heap of girls. Hey, Tommy Lee. Oh, dude. No, I and
0: mean, yeah. he's
1: like one of those. Did he write a book? I think he wrote a book. My mate.
0: Guy, he, he had a, a book written for him probably. But yeah. He, he's, her
1: tits really did change in size. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So I saw her in an era where maybe there were implants, yeah. but they were just – they were gentle. Oh, no. They she were, cut you cut know her. what I mean? It was, Have you had a look? I think she cut her head. I, I don't want to look. Yeah, I don't <laughs> – <It, laughs> I hope she didn't go short. It, uh, yeah, I
1: think she but, Anyway, sorry. Go back to what you're
0: on about. Sorry, I got distracted with these. Oh, kids. but uh, no. So he was there, but uh, so I doubt. I doubt he recognized me, but I, he wanted to get in the conversation. But so I was right there. Who else was there? Chael Sonnen, everybody in the world. Oh, so it was real fun. Um, but uh, but I'll tell you what I do is I take advantage of my geography. You feel me? Um, whether it's living two blocks from the beach or the culture and events that exist in Los Angeles, you know, um, if I've got the night off and I don't have a big day at work, I'm going to go to it. So um I do, you know, and people probably in their community, there might be cool stuff going on. <laughs> go, you know what I mean? Go and try to find it. You know, it doesn't have to be what's going on here necessarily. But uh there's always something cool going on, I think. Um like oh, hey, I have neighbors, don't go to the beach. There's so ever. much
1: cool shit going on in LA, man. There's more cool shit going on in like a suburb of LA than the whole of fucking Australia.
0: Not in the suburbs. No, no. Suburbs really? are so fucking boring. You don't understand. These people are just they're going to their jobs and they're paying their mortgages. You feel me? But LA
1: is a pretty big place. Like it doesn't spread out from the city, does, like the, the culture or is it just all confined? No, to there's the whole... there's,
0: no there is. There's, there's pockets of culture and there's pockets of intentional culture, mm-hmm. if you feel me, um, and original culture. And then there's the suburbs where just people are just feeding their families. They don't even care what's going on. Okay. They don't even care what's going on in the comedy scene. They're, they're, you know, they're working as salesmen. They're but, working as,
1: yeah, you,
0: know. you know what, they're cut off and they're parts, like say the Valley where they don't, what's going on in Hollywood, they could be 10,000 miles away. They wouldn't know it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, yeah, so some people, my point is that some people have it right here in LA and don't even seek it out or even, you know, it's like, Oh, Dave Chappelle's going to be at the comedy store, you know, or <laughs> they won't even try to get in. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I'll try to get in if I hear about it ahead of time. And fortunately, some kind folks at the comedy store, or whatever, will. I didn't see Dave Chappelle, but if he's there and I know, I'll drive at two in the morning to go see him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what I mean? That that would be something I would love to see. So
1: anyway, dude, fuck yeah. Um, what's so uh, anyway? Let's go back to the fight. So Eddie versus um, fucking crazy. Oh,
0: yeah, this is yeah, is Hoyler Grayson This is a. Did well, no, it's a submission wait. only, so it's a victory only comes from submission. Was Eddie more dominant? Yes. Yeah. Did the Gracies criticize his style? Yes. Um, did, did most people f- feel Eddie had an, a, an advantage? Yes. Did Hoyler's knee probably get… Uh, <laughs> Screwed up really bad, yeah. yeah. explain
1: that. He had him in this ridiculous fucking position where his knee was popping. It popped like seven times.
0: Yeah, to put it, yeah, just, let's just say that, yeah. He had him in this position where he couldn't do anything and his knee was torqued and turned and Shit, twisted. Pamela Anderson was attracted.
1: Fuck. Shh, sh-
0: sh- sorry. <laughs> oh, oh I'm yeah, sorry. yeah. I'm still yeah, on so, fucking uh, Google Images, man. I can't get over Yeah, that. I see you like blondes. I, you know, I tend to, you know. But when before she fucked up
1: her eyebrows, oh, my God.
0: No, back then. Yeah, she I was know, a cute, like before she plucked them. I didn't even know it was her, bro. I, until I saw them come walk, leave the gym together, I thought, oh, there's a cute surfer girl, right? She's a Canadian girl, but she looked like a typical Malibu Is chick. Is she Canadian? Yeah, Canadian. I think from Toronto, maybe. I'm not sure. Yeah, um,
1: uh, oh, I'm Sorry, I just fucking fully diverted the conversation. Just, You know, you see a good picture and
0: you can't help yourself. I'm going to send this oh, to no. you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, So anyway, yeah. During that, so no, he was there. It was star studded, and yet the the stars were the Gracies and Joey and um and and uh, Eddie Bravo and uh, even Joe Rogan wasn't the star, which is super cool. And what I like about Joe Rogan and uh, Eddie Bravo, they both practice this virtue is of helping their friends rise. Right, no matter how famous Joe is, he's going to bring up all of his friends, and he does that. He doesn't try to keep the spotlight to himself.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: All If you look at any of these test squad folks, uh, Red Band, Ari Shafir, Tom Trussell, Subura, yeah, all of them, Duncan Trussell, each one of them, he's elevated right, with them. He said, come into it. Yeah. Eddie Bravo does the same thing. The folks who run Eddie Bravo Radio are his friends, his students. Folks who run his website, friends, students. You feel me? Yeah. He could go – they all could source this stuff out or Joe, Joe could not share the light and say, F you. I'm not going to promote your shit. Uh, Eddie can source out all of his stuff and have the best production of everything. No, he uses the people he trusts. And he mm-hmm. promotes his friends. And If there's one thing I try to emulate in my voice on Twitter, is the same practice. In other words, uh, my friends do podcasts, or do art or whatever, uh, I want to get that stuff out. I want people to see it, if you feel me. And uh, I like to tie this in, the Australian connection to t- Kill Tony, because it, it does tie in... Um, uh, Australian gentleman named Adam Holcroft. People may or may not know him on Twitter. Um, uh, I will I will look him up. Holcroft, uh, uh,
1: uh, uh, I think.
0: Yes, sir. Adam.
1: Yeah, sorry, everyone. It was dropping out because um, we live in Australia and water boxes on the other side of the world. So,
0: yes, yeah, sorry, Adam Holcroft on Twitter. Adam Holcroft, yeah. And what's interesting is um, um, I was talking to Tony Hinchcliffe after an episode of Kill Tony at the comedy store and saying, Hey, I have a great idea is because um I see some of the Kill Bill slash game of death motif in some of Brian Redband's art uh for Kill Tony. I said, you know, seeing you in a game of death yellow jumpsuit like Bruce Lee would be badass. Um I'm communicating with Adam Holcroft. He's saying hey is there anything I could do and I say well uh and I will tell you, there are a few comics that say, "Hey, can you get, <clears throat> can you kind of get a piece done for me?" And you know, the results that come in aren't always Desirable. worth submitting. <laughs> they're are not always worth submitting because uh, anyone, can, anyone, anyone, everyone should realize this. You could always tweet your pictures to Comics. I don't have, uh, you know, but sometimes maybe I could help get it seen. Do you know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah.
0: That's it's it's because it, it, that's all I could say. Um, and in this case, he did this beautiful piece of um of a game of death tony <clears throat> tony took that piece loved it he printed it posters glossy posters that there's a limited number that i'm not sure if he's selling them or using them for promotional purposes but we were able to take an artist from australia you know and using my relationship with tony say hey tony here's the piece here's the idea here's the concept and he was able to take the concept Get it and then fine tune it for Tony's eyes, and then Tony took it and printed it. And now, his art is seen all over here. Now,
1: oh, you know, cool,
0: it's beautiful, and that's yeah. what I believe. Like my view of this umbrella of Death Squad is this borderless, worldwide thing, and maybe this alternative community where we can all elevate each other and mm-hmm. kind of practice those virtues that Joe and Eddie Pro- Bravo practice with their friends and. That's that's probably really what I kind of figured out. Maybe that's my voice here on, on Twitter, is to kind of do that. And I, I think organically I've been doing that. Now I kinda of realize where the influence came from. It's from those guys. That's cool. Um and you know, in my own way I've probably been emulating that and now I analyze it, it's like, oh, okay. That's where it probably comes from and maybe we can all try to do that. And we'll do or it. maybe that's maybe that's what I can do, you know?
1: Yeah, that's awesome. Well let's um let's wrap it up on that point because that's a great way to end so Beautiful there you man. go. If you've got any art and you like comedy, send it to Waterboxer, and he'll hook you up.
0: He's oh, the man. tweet it to him. If you've got pictures, visual art, I like, and I'll tweet it out. And I, for the kind of pictures I make, if I use it, that's a compliment to you. Do you know what I mean? I'll blend it. Um, and uh, yeah, but uh, you know, peace, peace. And hey, if you come to Los Angeles, you know, I'll try to go to a show with you. You awesome. know. And if you have questions about stand-up paddleboarding and you're new to it, uh, hit me up on Twitter. Uh, because I'll, I'll be glad to share.
1: Well, thanks so much for coming on, dude. It's fucking peaceful listening to your voice. <laughs> You've got a nice, um, I don't know, something about this, the Southern California dialect that's soothing.
0: I, I do, you know, it's very inter- interesting. I did not believe I had an accent until some uh, <laughs> folks were visiting from the Northeast, from Connecticut. And I was speaking to them um, in my comfortable language. In other words, I was kind of, uh, I, you know, here I'm on the mic, so I was saying like terms like bitchin' and totally and, yeah. dude. but very normally and and I realized uh, after their feedback, they say, "Wow, you sound so Southern Californian." I do realize that we do stress certain words and vowels and consonants yes. a little bit
1: different. Mm.
0: Yeah, and folks that were, and I could tell with no matter what your race either, if you were born in Southern California. And you speak you speak English. I could pretty much I pretty much know it, you know. And even African Americans, there's a, there's a sound. Even on the West Coast, there's a sound for uh, folks that there's a sound from Washington down to down to San Diego. There's a sound that I can recognize. Um, but probably like you have, you guys have regional sounds, but I can spot like like California or especially Southern California sound. There is a yeah there is a <clears throat> and yeah I don't think you can fake it. if you know what i mean i don't think he
1: could but anyway it was fucking awesome dude love hearing it thanks so much for coming on
0: beautiful i'm gonna go in and uh go work out with the wife awesome okay see you soon homie peace man see ya